younger generation, which I'm part of, uh, is the first generation to finally say, damn it, we're not going to take it anymore. Uh, we are going to be proud of aging, and we're going to continue to live meaningful lives, and we're going to stay positive. Welcome to The End Game, a podcast about the positive aspects of aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I'm your host, Don Akshin. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get on with today's show. I am delighted to have as our guest today, David LeRae, author of the book, The Power of Positive Aging. David is the founder and executive director of United We Age, and he has a PhD in economics. Formerly, he was the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, as well as the Mortgage Bankers Association. David, thank you for taking time from your schedule to join me in this conversation. Well, thank you very much for having me, Don. Pleasure to be here. In your book, The Power of Positive Aging, uh, you indicate that you got to positive aging the hard way uh, through a life-changing event that was a wake-up call about mortality. Could you describe a little bit about what happened? Yes. Uh, it was certainly a wake-up event is um, a nice way of putting it. Um, I was diagnosed with stage 3 esophageal cancer, and um, it was bas basically life-changing. Um, all of a sudden, you know, everything changes in your life when you're faced with the prospects of finality and, and uh, the doom and gloom of, of uh, having cancer, the embarrassment and the shame that's associated with cancer. Uh, so yeah, I went on a journey uh, to learn basically how to cope with a life-threatening disease. I mean, I was up against, I mean, it was a battle where I had to go through chemotherapy and radiation and then a seven-hour surgery, uh, and I needed to come out in one piece on the other side. So uh, the book, The Power of Positive Aging, reflects the journey that I, that I went on uh, to cope with uh, my uh, newfound uh, life-threatening disease. You uh, also mentioned in the book that your doctor very helpfully suggested that you might want to see a psychiatrist. Yeah, that what happened there was I had a lot of complications after my surgery. I was on actually a feeding tube for a whole year because my digestive system was no longer working. Um, so I had bouts of depression and anxiety, and my doctor finally, this was the third time back into the hospital for another 14 days of testing, and he finally said, you know, maybe you need to see a psychiatrist. Maybe therapeutic sessions will help you cope. And I dismissed everything he was saying, turned my ears off, and went on my own personal journey. I did as much research as I could in terms of how to cope with life. And uh, fortunately, I came across literature on positive aging and successful aging. And I uh, created my own building blocks uh, to create a positive mindset so that I could cope with my life-threatening disease that I found myself with. And I I discovered that there's a connection between that and aging. Uh, you can apply 
positive aging to all the marks of aging, not just cancer. Uh, you can apply it to losing your mobility and having to use a walker, uh, having to, to uh, wear hearing aids, uh, having dementia, uh, so many different ways to apply the practice of positive aging. So my journey took me there and uh, the final product was my book, which I hope will help millions and millions of people uh, who will eventually and inevitably face the marks of aging. None of us escape from those clutches. Uh, we're going to experience, if we live long enough, uh, mobility loss, hearing loss, eyesight loss. Uh, our quality of life will depend on how we cope with these marks of aging. And practicing the power of positive aging will help us maintain quality of life into our twilight years. Many of the people my age that I encounter are not so positive. They, mm -hmm. they engage in what a friend of mine called organ recitals. Oh, my pancreas. <laughs> oh, my liver. Oh, my heart. And other organs. And, and I, uh, I wonder what do you think makes it hard for older people to feel positive about aging? We live in a forever young society. We focus on youth. Uh, youth to us means energy, means vitality, means fun, uh, where the elderly, uh, old, means helpless and useless, uh, putting out to pasture. So we're, we're, we're going against the grain as we age, and that needs to change. We need to eliminate this forever young attitude uh, that we seem to have adopted over over the centuries. Uh, and I think the baby boomer generation, which I'm part of, uh, is the first generation to finally say, we're not going to take it anymore. Uh, we are going to be proud of aging, and we're going to continue to live meaningful lives, and we're going to stay positive uh, as we age and confront some of the obstacles of aging. So I think there's this uh, maybe something in the air uh, in America right now because of the baby boomer generation. You know, 10,000 of us are turning 65 every day. Uh, it's an incredible uh, tsunami of uh, baby boomers aging into their senior years. And this forever young attitude is going to shift because there is uh, prestige in aging. Uh, we need to take hold of that and be proud of the years that we've had on this earth. And uh, the practice of positive aging will take you there. So are you telling me that every morning you wake up feeling very positive about your prospects? I wish I could say that. Um, uh, I wasn't born uh, <laughs> positive. Uh, we have our bouts. Um, uh, we're human. Uh, I don't expect everyone to have this rosy attitude. Of, oh, I'm, I'm, I've just turned 80. I'm so happy. Uh, no, that's, that's not the case. That's not reality. Uh, but, uh, and so, of course, we, some of us are positive people um, by just nature. Um, but most of us are not. Most of us need to work on it, especially when you're confronting and experiencing the marks of aging.
so we need to practice, practice, practice positivity until it becomes a habit. And uh, I go through the six building blocks of practicing positive aging. And one of those building blocks is positivity. And uh, by practicing uh, an affirmation, uh, repeating an affirmation every day for the rest of your life that I love growing old. Just that <laughs> statement will help you stay positive uh, in your twilight years. I noticed that the, the second line of your book title is successfully coping with the inconveniences of aging. And I thought inconveniences was kind of a, an interesting choice of word. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, when, when I visited my oncologist, I, they gave me a PET scan to see how serious my cancer was. And I'm sitting in his room. His assistant was there at his side. And he said, I'm sorry, Mr. Luray, but you've got stage three esophageal cancer. And this is not going to be easy. This is going to be a battle of your life. I'm not going to rosy this up and tell you everything's going to be fine. Uh, we've got to do intense chemotherapy, intense radiation, and with fingers and toes crossed, if that's successful, then you're going to experience the worst surgery of your life. It's going to be a seven-hour surgery. Uh, we're going to take half your stomach out. We're going to cut out half of your esophagus. We're going to retie those organs together, and you're not going to live happily ever after. You're going to have some issues health-wise. So, you know, the sullen, he left the room, and I had a sullen face. My wife and I looked at each other, eyes wide open, not knowing how to react. And his assistant came up to me, looked me straight in the eyes, and said, Mr. Luray, if you survive this cancer, it will be an inconvenience to you. And those words really struck me, an inconvenience. If you survive, life goes on, appreciate every moment, and treat what obstacles are ahead of you as inconveniences. So when I finally went through everything and made it to the other side, I realized that even a life-threatening disease is an inconvenience if you're still living. So now I treat it with everything with aging, any mark of aging. If you've got mobility issues and you've got to use a walker, it's an inconvenience. Your quality of life may have gone down a bit, but if you stay positive, you're going to appreciate what you've got in life. So inconveniences, as long as you treat all the marks of aging as inconveniences, you will maintain a positive mindset for the rest of your life. That's, that's an inspiring story and an interesting way of thinking about it. Uh, let me go into a little more depth if, if we want people our age to understand what it takes to come around to this kind of positive outlook. What do they need to do? Well, I've got, basically for me, um, I identified the six building blocks of positive aging that worked for me. And I wanted to put this into the book, present it, so that hopefully it can work for others as they age and experience some of the marks of aging that they're going to uniquely experience. 
The first building block is your spirit. Remember, you are physically deteriorating as you age. I hate to use the word deteriorate, but basically that's what's happening to us physically. Uh, we're losing our sight, our sense of smell, our hearing, uh, our mobility. We may encounter disease. Whatever it is, physically, we're declining. But spiritually, we can continue to strengthen. It is so important that we start to emphasize our spiritual side as we age. Uh, that will give you a more positive mindset as you confront aging. So that's the first building block. The second is mindfulness. You've got to stay in the present moment. When you're aging, the worst thing you can do is look at the past and remember when you were healthy and you were playing basketball and running a marathon. That's only going to feed your ego and make you envious and jealous of your past self. So what you need to do is stay in that present moment. Don't think about the future. The future may not look good because you're aging. If you stay in the present moment, you're living in that present moment, and that's one other way to cope with aging. The third building block is positivity. You got to have a positive mindset when you're aging. Uh, affirmations helps a great deal. Uh, lean on religion if you want to, if you're religious. If you believe in spiritual or supernatural beliefs like the law of attraction, believe in that. Whatever it takes to stay positive, do it. Uh, put yourself in a happy place. Uh, a gratitude journal would help staying positive as well. The next building block I call the four A's. To me, this is crucial. Acceptance, adapt, appreciate, and attitude. Those are the four A's. You got to accept aging. If you don't accept growing old, you're not going to make it. You're going to have anxiety and stress for the remaining years of your life. So accept it. Once you accept it, then you will learn how to adapt. Using a walker is a way of adapting. But how many of us, when we age, think about your father or your mother as they aged. They postponed using that walker when their legs gave out. They postponed using a hearing aid when they started to have trouble hearing. It took my father about four or five years before he used a hearing aid. And he kept on saying, what did you say? What did you say? Uh, so we've got to adapt. The third is appreciation. You got to appreciate life. If you can smell the roses, hear, uh, watch the, the waves hit the shoreline on a nice ocean day on the beach, you're appreciating life. Don't care if you're using a walker. Don't care if you need a hearing aid to hear it. You're still appreciating life, and that's what life is all about. And finally, the final A is attitude. You got to have the right attitude. You got to say to these youth-obsessed people in our country, screw you. I'm aging. I'm enjoying aging. I deserve to age and live a long life. I've got wisdom. I've got experience on my side. I am not going to, I'm not over the hill and I'm not going to go tumbling down the hill 
I'm going to stay on top of the hill and enjoy the view. That's attitude. The fifth building block is social support. We're humans. We're social animals. We need to have family and friends. Uh, the reason why I created my my uh, nonprofit, United We Age, is because I, I observed that there were so many seniors out there sitting in God's waiting room. They were by themselves. They were lonely. They need social support, and that's what my foundation is giving them. Um, so social support is crucial uh, to maintain a healthy spirit, and that healthy spirit is what's going to give you that positive mindset to cope with aging. And the final building block for aging, and I can't stress this enough, stay in balance with your life. When we were young, we had family, we had kids, we had a job, we had all these different things going on in our life, trying to balance and juggle everything. But when we get older, we no longer have a job. We're retired. We no longer have children. They're living their lives. So we're now out of balance. And if you stay out of balance, you're going to have stress and anxiety and bouts of depression in your life in your senior years. So you need to get back into balance. You need to tweak your life to smooth out this emotional roller coaster of aging. Your expectations are crucial. I dare say, eliminate expectations from your life. Why have expectations? As you grow old, if you expect to play tennis and then your legs give out, you're going to be disappointed. You're not going to play tennis. So rather than expectations, have possibilities. Live in a world of possibilities. It's possible that I might play tennis. If I can't play tennis, I'm going to play cards. Uh, if I can't play cards, I'm going to read a book. Possibilities is what will fulfill your life uh, as you age. So those are the six building blocks to practice positive aging. Uh, so far, it's worked for me. At least I survived cancer. Um, will I survive the next phase of my life uh, when I start to use a walker and, and uh, hearing aids and all of that? We'll see. Uh, the, the jury is still out, but I, I, I'm very confident that all of us, if we can follow these building blocks of positive aging, uh, we're going to enjoy our twilight years. You mentioned possibilities, and one of the things that is good about your book is that you throw out a lot of different possibilities for, for different aspects of those building blocks. Uh, in particular, I was curious about mindfulness, um, which you know is something that I've been practicing, and I, I know many of my my friends do. Uh, is that something that that you practice yourself? Uh, yeah, mindfulness. Um, you know, trying to stay in that present moment is difficult because we've got egos and we're always thinking about the past and we're always worried about the future. Um, that's just being human. It's very, very difficult to stay in that present moment for long periods of time. Now, Eastern culture, 
Buddhism, um, Hinduism, and they all focused on that way before us. The Western civilization, civilization was the last to really understand it. Um, but now, um, meditation is overtaking America. You've got apps right now, Calm, Headspace. Uh, there must be 50 or 60 different apps to help you meditate. I remember in the old days, uh, in my college years, I took transcendental meditation where I learned how to meditate using mantras. And you really had to focus and you had to go through these rituals and, and you had to spend 30 minutes or an hour. And uh, it's no longer like that. It's for, for older people who have concentration issues. Uh, you don't have to meditate for 30 minutes. You don't have to use a mantra. You can take some of these apps on your phone and for five minutes put yourself into a meditative state. And what I say in my book is, look, at our age, all we need to do is meditate for five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, maybe during the day, find a peaceful place just to contemplate. That's all you really need. As long as you do that, you are staying in that present moment sometimes during the day. And eventually, that becomes a habit. You also mentioned, again, your, your group, United We Age. And I wanted to know a little bit about that. What sort of things are you doing? And, and what is the mission that you've set out for it? I discovered, to my chagrin, there were so many elderly people facing financial and health challenges that were lonely and they did not have social support. 50% um, of them do not have family visiting them. It may be because their children are a thousand miles away living on the other side of the United States. Maybe they don't have children. Maybe they have issues and their children don't want to visit. Whatever the case, half of those seniors have little social interaction. So United We Age, I created it so that I would have volunteers visit these seniors in need. We, we give them birthday presents on their birthday. We give them holiday presents in, on holidays. We give them cards, uh, holiday cards. We lift their spirits. Uh, and, then, and that's called our Friends for Seniors program. We also now just introduced and launched a stay in touch program. And this came out of the pandemic where seniors were becoming increasingly isolated because even if they had family, family could not visit and enter the building because of the COVID-19. So now we're putting Amazon Echo Show devices into their rooms and their apartments. Uh, that uses Alexa. It's voice activated so that they don't have to use their hands and figure out how to use that smartphone in order to make a phone call, all they have to do is say, Alexa, call my son. And boom, the son's on the screen, on a video screen, and they can communicate. So we're starting to deploy these devices into long-term care facilities. And even on the Meals on Wheels routes, where you have stay-at-home seniors, uh, putting it into their homes. So that's what United We Age does. And... Uh, we hope to uh, start to create 
more and more affiliates. Uh, we're based in Florida, but we'd like to see United We Age affiliates uh, in different states across the nation so that we can get more and more volunteers of younger generations to start to unite with the older generation. That sounds great. A very needed service. Um, so if I can sum up what I've learned today, um, to my great disappointment, you have not uh, developed the magic pill that makes people positive. Um, it's more a practice that we have to develop over time and do every day. Is that the sense of it? We've got a roadmap, and the roadmap is easy to follow. It's to create a positive mindset, but you need to make it a habit. That's really the key so that when it becomes a habit, you're no longer working at it. It now becomes natural. You naturally wake up in a positive mindset if you've developed the habit of staying positive using the six building blocks that at least I've identified that has helped me. David LeRae, it has been a pleasure and we've learned a lot. Thank you so much for being our guest today on The End Game. And I compliment you on coming out so well from a very difficult uh, and life-changing experience to provide something of value for us all. Uh, David's book, The Power of Positive Aging, is available from online booksellers and local bookstores, and you can learn more about United We Age at unitedweage.org. Thank you for coming, David. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, The End Game, at theendgame.substack.com. I'm Don Auction, wishing you all the best in aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I hope you'll join us for future programs here at The End Game.